Welcome to the Delta Good Review. I am Kyle. I'm Bryn. And I'm Jason. And today we are going to be looking at the first album that Delta Goodrum brought to us all, Innocent Eyes. We're going to be going through some of our favourite tracks, talking about what that album means to us as fans. But before we start that, I thought we'd talk about something which Delta talks about quite a lot, and that's the uh, discovery of an artist is one of the most important moments, and she's always talked about that being a special time. So I thought we would start by, guys, you sharing how you came to discover Delta and her music. So I guess I'll go first then. I think I'm sure my story resonates with a lot of other people. I definitely discovered Delta as many did through Neighbours. I was a big Neighbours fan growing up. I spent a lot of time watching Neighbours at my childminder's house after school. Me and my sister would kind of be plunked on the sofa to watch it. And then one day this incredible character joined and she was timid and she was shy and she seemed to be very different to lots of the other characters on the show and I was captivated. And then, you know, the one moment that I think I realised well, as a child, I, I kind of was absolutely awestruck was that that very early performance of Born to Try. I think it's Connor was the character that kind of walked in on her singing. And that moment has stayed with me for the rest of my life, really. And that was my discovery of her talent. And beyond that, you know, me and my sister both absolutely adored her. And so we spent, you know, at least a year after that sitting down together. We printed off all of the lyrics. And then eventually we had the lyric booklet from the album when we finally had it. And we just sit together singing those songs. And it was a real bonding moment for me and my sister as well. So yeah, really, really precious memories of discovering delta yeah so my one was well wasn't neighbors because i never actually watched neighbors the soap i watched was crossroads if you were interested in that remember that so i was always watching the music channels on tv well the free ones at the time that we had were the hits and tmf which both are no longer existing. but You're So retro, uh, Jason. So I retro. know. So yeah, and then one day, oh, well, to be fair, I don't remember the very, very first time. But yeah, so Born to Try, the video came up. And I probably, like the first time, it didn't quite register with me. But when it played a few more times, I really enjoyed it. And obviously, I noted she played the piano as well, because I played the piano. And there were these particular notes that she played during the verse. And I went over to play it on my piano. And they were completely the wrong notes so at the time I thought oh well maybe she doesn't play the piano little did I know but I was always in complete awe of her voice that was what struck me particularly obviously the big high notes in the climax of the final chorus and also the end where she just goes a cappella. her voice is really stunning there and then more singles came out and again I wasn't a massive fan until Innocent Eyes the single I heard that for the first time the first line do you remember when you were seven and the only thing that you wanted to do was show your mum that you could play the piano. I felt that was such a specific line, yet I could really connect with that. And then that's when I really delved into finding out more about her. And then that summer, I remember the summer of 2003, is when I started watching Neighbours. And I still watch Neighbours to this day. And obviously... Our commitment. I know. He's a true fan. Yeah. Because, well, like Delta says, you know, I'm very loyal. And once you're with me, you're with me forever. So that's the same with Delta. 
for me, I think it's a mix of the two. So I never watched Neighbours. I think I've watched clips of Delta just to see what she did in it, but I never have watched the show. My friend at school did watch the show. And I remember going to her house and pretty much for the whole summer holidays, Innocent Eyes had just come out and I spent every chance I had going to her house, listening to it because I didn't have the album. So similar to the kind of thing to Bryn, it was like a bonding thing with one of my friends. And I remember at Christmas, my mum said to me, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I want Delta Goodrum, Innocent Eyes. Like that was my top on my list for Christmas. But at the same point, it was an interesting time that came in. The album came out at the point where I was using songwriting as an outlet for me. I was quite shy when I was young. So I was venturing in my own kind of path with writing. And I'd never really been that big about the words that people sang until I discovered Delta's music. And now, for me, the lyrics in any artist I come across that I'm really passionate about, it's always about what they say in the music that they're writing. And I think that started with her and it's just followed me through. And as you say, there were just songs that were just, they were just so honest and pure and slightly fun with that first album, I think. And yeah, so for me, it's always, I always have fond memories of that summer, just wanting to spend hours listening to that song. And yeah, that was my discovery of Delta. I can totally relate there, Kyle, to Delta being the first singer where I really paid attention to the lyrics. I think before that, I mean, I was really young. Before that, you know, you'd listen to songs, you'd dance around your bedroom. But Delta was the first one that I had to sit down and study every single word because every single line kind of revealed something new to me about myself and about her. And it was a real kind of coming of age listening to that album. So I can totally connect there. Just to put it in the concept, you said we're really young. How old were we when Innocent Eyes came out? I was 14 years old when that album came out yeah, I, 17 years ago that album was released yeah i was 13 13 i think i would have been 12 when was it released in the uk 2003 in the june oh sorry the, the july in the july so i would have been i would have been 12 about to turn no i'd have been 11 actually 11 about to turn 12 i think it's crazy to think that mm. obviously where we are now sat here in our 30s or late 20s talk doing a delta christian podcast what started as a neighbors or watching a music channel or sitting in our friend's room like has now become this podcast <laughs> it's a lifelong club the delta goodrum fan club you join as a kid and you stay for life she's got a hold on us she can't let us go hold on but i think as well it's good to point out that she was very young herself as well she was only you know 17 18 when she recorded and released this album and it's crazy to think that she was so young i mean obviously at the time we were only you know 12 13 14 and i don't know about you but i felt she felt like an adult and really a lot older than i was at the time but thinking about it now you know she was really just a child still which is amazing to have the incredible success that she did have yeah i think that's what particularly for the fans that have been there at the beginning and and have followed through i think that's what makes it so special is that we have all grown up Mm. with her and because she's a similar age to us i think that's why her story has really been able to connect with us over the years yeah absolutely so we do have some contributions from fans who shared stories with us of how they discovered delta and her music I first discovered Delta when she was on Neighbours. I remember her performing Born to Try and after the episode had finished I remember looking at the credits to try and find out who played Nina Tucker and I saw Delta's name and I looked up her website and I remember listening to all the album clips that were on her website at the time on repeat for weeks and weeks until we finally got the album. So my memories of the Innocent Eyes album I went into a store here called Music Zone here in the UK and I remember going in there, buying the album and I would come home from school every day and play it all the way through, so much so that the CD just had loads of scratch marks on it. So uh, I'm not even sure where my copy has gone. But yeah, it's one of those albums that is just iconic. 
So I first discovered Delta Goodrum through Neighbours, obviously a huge Neighbours fan. I was a huge fan of her character Nina. And then one day in the car, I heard Born to Try playing on the radio and I kind of freaked out and I was like, oh my God, mum, this is Nina's song from Neighbours. I didn't know it was a real song. Like, I thought it was just a song that they used in the show. So it was so cool to hear that. And then I think from that moment, I was hooked. Yeah, Delta is amazing. Her music is beautiful. One of my all-time favorite songs is definitely Butterfly. I think it's beautiful. Her song, Be Strong, was actually played at the end of my mum's funeral 10 years ago. So Delta will always have a special place in my heart. I was an American studying abroad at UQ in Brisbane in the fall, Australian spring of 2003. I was days away from flying back home that November when I happened upon the video for Born to Try on the campus file sharing server. I had been trying to immerse myself in Australian music and culture, but I had somehow managed to avoid hearing about her over the previous four months. I was instantly drawn in by the gentle piano, and each additional element of the song and video just seemed to pull me in more. But the moment of the video that really cemented me as a fan was the second chorus, when the skies part and Delta does his triumphant head nod, in what Willstone Australia called a swag of positivity. I wrote in my journal that the appeal of this song and artist was no one thing. It was greater than the sum of its parts. I bought the special edition of Innocent Eyes and the aforementioned Rolling Stone 2003 yearbook and took them home to the States, where it turns out they helped me through some dark times, literally and metaphorically. But that's a story for another day. Thank you very much for those contributions. We had Michelle and Claire, who are from the UK, Sarah's story from Australia, and we also had John from the USA. So thank you all for your contribution. So, Innocent Eyes obviously was the debut album that was released in Australia in March 2003 and in June 2003 in the UK. It debuted at number one in Australia and at number two in the UK. It was the highest selling album of the decade in Australia and it had the most number one singles for a debut album of an Australian artist. So as you can see, it was a very, very successful album. And I think when we go through some of the songs, I think we've got to start with track one. First song that Delta obviously is known for worldwide, Born to Try. Quite often, Delta says, I was watching the Visualize tour earlier, and she said, this song every year always comes back with some new meaning to me. And I feel like that's really, for many people, Born to Try is a song that always reoccurs in our lives. What do you guys feel with Born to Try? Why is that song the iconic special song for Delta Goodrum fans? For me, there are so many kind of individual moments in that song that have just made it last. So if, you know, you can talk just quite simply about the opening notes of the song and how even that opening kind of piano riff is so evocative and it can bring back so many memories. But also, as you said, Kyle, it kind of reveals new meaning every year. Then you've got, you know, the lyrics. It's a very simple song in what it's trying to say, but that simplicity comes with a whole lot of honesty. And, you know, I absolutely love the message of, you know, actually, I'm doing the best I can. I was born to give it a go. I'm not always going to get it right. And I really appreciated that as a child, that idea of, well, actually, even when 
you know, you're not quite sure exactly how things are going to work out. I'm going to try anyway. And I felt really kind of inspired by that. And then, of course, Jason mentioned it earlier. You know, I think none of us can forget the high note. And I think for years, fans were, you know, clamoring to hear that high note live. That's all we wanted to hear or all I wanted to hear because it was such a special moment. And I think as I've grown up, you know, there are so many other things about her artistry that I love more than, you know, the fact that she could hit that high note. But when I was young, it was such a special thing. And I was quite wowed, really, that someone could sing like that. And I could just remember being blown away. Yeah, definitely. So the lyrics, I think, again, as Bryn was saying before, previously listening to pop music, I wouldn't really take notice of the lyrics. But this was incredibly inspiring song and it continues to be because I feel like I use that song as my, well, even my mantra through life, you know, I'm born to try. That gives me the motivation to, you know, try anything and have that sort of positivity and optimism to take through. And particularly the second verse, I always mention this as something that really resonates with me so that no point in talking what should have been and regretting the things that went on lies full of mistakes destinies and fate remove the clouds look at the bigger picture so whenever you at least whenever in my life when I'm struggling with something I go back to those lyrics and think about you know it's not the end of the world you know look at the bigger picture better things can happen in the future and that's what I hold on to when I listen back to that song yeah, I think with anyone I know who remembers Delta, it's definitely one of the songs that she's well remembered for. And I think back to 2015, we got to sit in a wonderful art gallery and see Delta perform in London. And that was one of the first songs she got to perform for us. And just hearing those first pu- as saying, those piano notes, and it was just literally like it flooded back those memories. And it was just such a special moment. And it's just always a song that, as Jason said, it just empowers you and really it's timeless and it can always come back. And I think that's where very few songs ever do have that kind of longevity in terms of its meaning can be traveled through so many decades and that to me is something that i'll always make born to try very special now born to try was obviously one of five singles delta released were there any other particular iconic singles that you felt were quite powerful for you guys well, I mean, I mentioned Innocent Eyes before, so I'll just talk about it again. So yeah, so that first line was, I don't know how other people would have felt about it because it was so specific, but I remember hearing it and thinking, is she talking to me? Does she know my life? But Innocent Eyes as well is quite an interesting song in terms of, you know, the melody and the verses in different key to the chorus. And then that middle eight where she does the sort of piano flourish, that's something I've actually really struggled with playing all this time still. And she changes it up when she plays it live as well so that always makes it slightly different but yeah so Innocent Eyes is again another iconic song just because it is obviously the title of the album but it I mean even her being really young when she wrote it it's still talking about thinking about your life through your innocent eyes and just having a time in your life where you know you don't have any sort of worries of adulthood well I guess it's yeah the irony obviously of then what comes after obviously all of this for Delta and I think for me Innocent Eyes is a definitely an important song for her I think partly just on the more musical side in terms of the piano it was a song where the piano really got to be prominent in there you know as you say it had that its own kind of interlude moment in there and she's always used that then to play with that in her performances so I always feel like that was the song where she showed that she wasn't just a singer or just a songwriter she was also a musician and that the piano was going to be a prominent part of her music forever Yeah, I totally agree. And I think actually there's two things about those five singles that I think are really important to note. First of all, I do not know any other singer or songwriter that had their first five singles 
all of the quality of those five i just think what an amazing set of five songs to have to your name as your first five singles like there's not one of them that i dislike i absolutely adore them but i also think within all of those five early singles they lay the groundwork for all of the different sides of her as a musician so born to try with its lyrics of being inspired of trying to inspire and trying to put out positivity in the world we know that's a massive side to delta Innocent Eyes with the musicality of it. It's quite quirky. It has a, a kind of a darker edge to it. And even though it's, a lot of it is about innocence, it still has that slight edge to it. You've got Not Me, Not I, which is the big piano ballad, which she does so well. You've got Lost Without You, which shows that she could do a great pop song. And, you know, she's had some great bops ever since then. And then Predictable, which again has the kind of the empowerment angle and the kind of sassiness along with the piano again. And so I think between those five songs, you can almost see the roots of all of the other music that she's created right back at the beginning. So I just think they're brilliant at capturing all of the sides to her music. I would say Not Me, Not I was probably, what I think, one of the strongest singles to come out of that. And I think it was probably the most adult, kind of, that more adult contemporary edge. I think it was the one with Gary Barlow that she wrote. And I think, and I definitely think, we're going to talk in a minute about other songs. I definitely think the Gary Barlow collaboration songs were, for me, some of my favourite songs in that album through that collaboration. And then she obviously worked with him a little bit on the second album as well. Just talking about Not Me, Not I as well, I just want to take a moment to talk about the video, which was just the... In my opinion, it's my favorite Delta video. It's just yeah, it's so, so stunning. Good. And mm. I'm so glad that they finally uploaded it in high quality on YouTube. So that's great to watch back. Jason, remind me if I'm right. Wasn't there a period a few years ago where you tried to go and visit the set of the music video for Lost you, Without You? I think you did. I, get... I did. And I went several times, actually. <laughs> it's in, it's in um, London, isn't it? Yeah, it's in southwest London, near Richmond. And yeah, so it's part of this university. Now it's part of the University of Roehampton, but it's this grade two listed building. And they did open house. They do open house London every year where they do sort of tours of prominent buildings. So this was one of them. And I went with Carrie and then we had a look around and then we were taking photos on the stairs, those stairs where Delta sits in the video. And then the tour guide came along and she was like, are you students here? And then we were just like, uh, no, no, we just love Delta Goodrum and she did her video here so yes she thought I, I hope that she knew who Delta Goodrum was or at least she then educated her Jason <laughs> well um we'll see if she looked it up afterwards I don't know but yeah so and then yeah again I, I went on different occasions as well so I have a few photos of that building And I wanted to actually, just going back to Not Me, Not I, make a mention about the UK single CD2, which was actually, that was the first single I bought from Delta. And I don't know if either of you two have it, but the track listing is immense. It has eight different things on it. So it has Not Me, Not I, and it has two of the Christmas songs she did, and then Not Me, Not I Live, and then the video, and then a couple of other videos, which I thought was just brilliant single packaging, which we don't have anymore which is uh, a shame but yeah so that was always my sort of favorite actual physical single release so on the album we've got 14 amazing tracks 
think we can just quickly whiz through a couple of them and just talk about what they mean and why they're important to us. The first non-single on there is Throw It Away. Well, it was nearly a single in the UK because we didn't have Predictable. It was meant to be the fifth single and there was a promo CD for it, but it didn't happen. So I remember I actually went to Woolworths on the day it was supposed to be released and being very sad it wasn't there. Um, I did not know that. No, Jason, you are a fountain of Delta knowledge. Well, Can we just rewind to the fact that you just told us that they chose Throw It Away over Predictable? Obviously, neither got released, but they were going to choose Throw It Away instead of Predictable. Is that what you're telling me, Jason? Yes, just because I remember that was when I sort of joined the forum as well. And there were discussions on it. I don't know why they chose Throw It Away, but that was definitely on the cards. They chose to throw it away, throw it away. Okay. That's a terrible pun, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was too easy not to do it. Too good. It's funny. You throw it away. So Throw It Away was one of the songs that Gary Barlow wrote on the album, and he wrote quite a few songs on the album, but one of my favourite songs on the album that she wrote with him was Longer. I always felt that that was kind of a, a very up-tempo one. I always felt it was a slightly cheeky song, where she's basically kind of seen this guy and being a bit flirtatious. And I think this is one of the few albums where she probably is a little bit kind of that young, innocent, kind of flirty. Well, obviously, Think About You is completely out there on that one, but just this is a bit more kind of the flirty side of things, which I thought was quite nice. And I know in the tour for this, I think this was a song that she brought some random guy called Josh on the stage and things like that. So I've always thought this was quite a fun song and I really enjoyed that one. I always remember Longer, the piano intro to Longer. When I first heard it, it always reminded me of, I don't know if you remember the Asda advert, the jingles they had. It just reminded me of that. I can't hear that, to be honest, Jason. I've not heard Asda in, in Longer before, but I'll, I'll have to re-listen. Well, yeah, we'll look it up and see. I'll re-listen. And if you listen really carefully to Running Away, you can hear the Tesco jingle in that one. I didn't think Tesco has one. You've lost me. I think just generally, though, with the whole theme of this album, obviously we've talked about that kind of innocence, but it is someone that's got, for such a young age, we talk about some of the things that she was talking about, sort of 17, 18, and I think that was something I read background reading into how her career started there were some producers who were like how can this 15 year old write songs with such emotion and as if like she's experienced them and I think that's something that's quite unique to find someone that's sort of 16 17 writing songs about you know will you fall for me which obviously is such a beautiful song but also quite heartbreaking mm. talking about sort of this desire and want for someone to love them will you fall for me I think Will You Fall For Me, other than the singles, is probably my favourite song outside of the singles. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the first song she ever released on an album that she wrote on her own. And I just remember, it's just such a beautiful piano melody. I think her vocals are incredible on it. And you're right, like for you know a teenager, to, I mean, I guess the concept of it is a very kind of young message, isn't it? You know, that desire for someone to fall in love with you. But the way she writes it with such kind of emotional honesty, it, it sounds like way beyond her years. I think it's a great song. 
Yeah, I love Will You Fall For Me as well. I think that's one of my absolute favorites. And yeah, so that one and In My Own Time actually were the two ones that she wrote on her own. Um, And I love In My Own Time as well. I think because they're the two sort of, I mean, because people always sort of sometimes pigeonhole Deltas just singing ballads. And I mean, there are a few different ballads, but I think these two are sort of quite traditional ballads that she has plus a year ago today. And I really love both of them. And as you say, the piano melody. And I think the lyrics in In My Own Time as well are quite, well, similar to Born to Try in the sense that, you know, she's talking about her life and how she'll do things in her own time at her own pace. And a year ago today, I mentioned before, I really loved this one as well. I think at the time, I was a sucker for all the ballads. And a year ago today, the first time I heard it was actually on the Innocent Eyes DVD, which I got before I got the album. Because I remember I got the album for Christmas, like Kyle did, but I got the DVD before. And the version on the DVD is actually different to the one on the album. Because I think a year ago today was meant to be the second single after I Don't Care and was meant to be on the album that was associated to that, but obviously didn't happen. So they had shot the video for it, but then they did a re-recorded version for this album, which is sort of a little less poppy than the video version. Is the video version pitched up as well? I actually, I rewatched this the other day now that lots of the videos are back on Apple and Spotify and wherever else they've been uploaded. Is it pitched up in the chorus, the original version? I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but I know that her voice definitely sounds a lot higher, so I'm not sure though. You I think one of the other great songs for me, Running Away, and I think one of the things I absolutely love about that song is she's been able to sort of take that song and do so many different things with it. If you think to the Believe Again tour, it was able to be this kind of really up-tempo, really high-energy, fun song. And then when she did the remake of the album to celebrate the decade, I mean, how haunting and beautiful was that performance. And absolutely the highlight of the anniversary edition, that version of Running Away, just transformed the entire song into something really ethereal. Mm. One of my favourite moments. Absolutely. I think Innocent Eyes will always go down as a very special album for everyone. I think there isn't a single song on that album that you could say is terrible. It's not the kind of album I ever skip a track. Let's just put it that way. Well, I could tell you there is a track I skip. It's not that it's a terrible song, but there is a track I skip. Perfectly into our new segment. It's called The Goodrim the badroom is there a song that we think is the song of the album and is there a song that maybe we won't ever say hey we do not hate a single delta goodrum song but is there a song that we might not like as much or as Bryn put it it's a skipper so we'll start with our the goodrum jason well the goodrum here is i mean we've talked about it right at the start and i just can't go past born to try i feel like as you were mentioning as well it's the first discovery of the artist and that's particularly special as well. That's not to say that she peaks with Born to Try because she's obviously done so much more after this and had so many high quality songs but it's just that emotional connection of the first song that is why it will always be my favourite and again just talking about how amazing her voice sounds in it and the uplifting lyrics, everything about it is just perfect in my opinion and that's why it will always be my Goodrum song. 
So for me, I'm going to pick two for the Gudrum because I can't pick between them. My highlights for this album are Predictable and Will You Fall For Me. So those are the songs that, you know, if I had to get rid of every other song on the album, I would keep those two predictable because I love the piano melody. I love the kind of the sassiness of it. I love the empowerment. I love the vocals towards the end. That particularly, she does an incredible high kind of note using a falsetto right at the end of Predictable that I just love. And I've tried to recreate for the past, you know, 15 years without much luck. And then Will You Fall For Me, we've already talked about, but, you know, what a special song to end the album on. Uh, I definitely would agree that I think I'm going to do two myself and I would definitely say Predictable is on there. I think you agree it's that sassiness. It's definitely the one song that I strut around when I'm singing that song and then Born to Try, you just cannot. I mean, if you're a Delta Goodrum fan who doesn't like Born to Try, we need to have words. So it's definitely for me a highlight there. And as I say, for me, this is definitely an album where I don't tend to skip, but is there a song that we don't feel is, it's not up there with all the others for you. Bryn, you were itching to tell us what yours was. Yeah, I don't think this will go down too well with others. And particularly when she performs it live, I like it more. But I have never been and remain not a massive fan of Butterfly, which I know is an awful thing to say that other people will hate me for. But I do prefer it when she sings it live. But to listen to it, you know, it was never as a kid, me and my sister did skip it. I've got to be honest. Sorry, Delta. We hit skip. I definitely agree with that. Oh, um, is that yours as well? It's not mine, but oh, it, is, okay. it is one of the ones, if I was to put on the list, it's definitely not one of my most favourite ones. My one is uh, it's one of her most popular songs. It's actually Lost Without You. What? <laughs> I just don't think it's, yeah, it's just not one of my favourites. I've come to the realisation that Butterfly and Lost Without You are two of the songs that she didn't write, and I think that's the reason. See, no, Kyle, you're wrong. Like, you need to turn your mic off. I mean, Lost Without You was... <laughs> It's just such an epic pop song. Like, it should have been number one in every territory across the globe. Like, what a I song. don't dispute you. And actually, when I got to hear it live, I was like, this is a really great song. But in terms of the whole album, it's just for me, it's not there at the top for me. Shocking. Absolutely. I told you that wouldn't be controversial. <laughs> you know, I don't disagree with you on these. But, I mean, I did think when Lost Without You first came out... It didn't grab my attention like Born to Try or Innocent Eyes did. So I can see where you're coming from with that. But it's definitely an iconic song for Delta. And it's now, you know, inextricably linked to her. So we can't ever take that away. I never said that. Of course not. <laughs> and oh, are you aware of the version that Jackie Velasque did of Lost Without You? Was this the religious version, Jason? Yes. Yeah. Because it was written about God originally, am I right? Yeah. Actually, I don't know which one came first because I looked it up and they both released their albums in the same week. So I don't know who changed it. But yeah, so Jackie Velasque was a Christian sort of artist. Jason, you're being rather coy and not telling us your bedroom song. Is that you don't have one? No. Okay. So my bedroom song is, and it's, I know we kind of mentioned it before in terms of the anniversary edition, but Running Away... I just, it was just one that I never really got. Because, I mean, it is slightly different as well. The intro is quite weird, the sort of I am, I I feel. And I just, yeah, it just didn't... Le Le gasp, I am in shock. Iconic, not different, Jason. It's iconic. I just didn't get it. I'm sorry. And yeah, I mean, the anniversary edition was definitely much better than the original. But I don't know. There's just something about it that, yeah, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, we should all apologise now to all our Delta yeah, fans sure. who are now going to curse us because they'll be like, Butterfly, Lost Without You, and Running Away are probably all of their favourite songs. But we'd love to hear what people think in terms of their good room and their bad room songs. We're going to end again with our quiz. I've got three questions for you both. I think last time Jason got a point. No, he got two points because he got two questions right. Two answers for that. So the first question is, finish the lyrics. So the lyrics are, you know that it's true. And I'd be lying to you. I can give you a hint if you want. If it's from the song "This Is Not Me," I am flummoxed. Can you say it again? Sorry. You know that it's true, and I'd be lying to you. Just to convince myself. Correct, Jason. Oh, Jason's done it again. And then we've got a second question. Second question is, to celebrate the one millionth album sale, what did the buyer of that album receive? Was it A, a signed copy of the album, B, a meet and greet with Delta, or was it C, a commemorative plaque? I'm going to go, I'm going to predict B because it's Delta and she's always been so good to her fans and so good at providing opportunities to meet her. So I'm going to go with B. Okay, I remember this happening, and I think it is all three. That's a true was... question, if true. The well, answer was a commemorative plaque. Hmm. And I would love to know who has that commemorative plaque. So if you have it, let us know. Can I jump in and say there was definitely a meeting, though, because I know those photos, okay. and I saw those photos. Possibly. So I get a point there, then. If there is, then okay, we'll give you I will, I'll show you the photos. I have and them. the last question, the Japan release of Innocent Eyes featured what animal on the album cover? Rabbit. Yeah, oh, rabbit. Bryn got there first. I'll let Bryn have the point for that I one. need a point. I need a point. <laughs> I know one. Well, right, guys, thank you very much for today's discussion on the fantastic Innocent Eyes album. That means we had one album down, four more to go. And join us next time where we will be looking at Delta's second album, Mistaken Identity. So from me, Kyle. And me, Bryn. And me, Jason. Bye. 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 I was born to try.